Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Family Values, I Value My Family, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on February 25th, 2018. And so this morning we're going to be in 1 John chapter 3. So if you guys want to mark your Bibles there, we're going to wrap up this little series that we've entitled Family Values. And we're, we're seeking to discover what God values, the things that are important to God. And we believe that, that people are important to God, that God created us with a purpose and with a plan. And uh, he loves us. He's shown us his love. He's given us this love. And uh, we ought to, in return, value the same things that God values. I don't know if many of you have heard this statement. It's pretty familiar. It's, it's just a simple one. I don't know who, who made this statement up, but it's um, a house is made of, of brick and stone, but love, I mean, a home is made from love alone. And, uh, you know, it's a famous one. People use it. They wear it on their walls. But I, I truly believe as we think about God's family That truly is what it is. God creates a home, a place where we can come together as family and it's rooted in love. It's rooted in acceptance. It's rooted in this unconditional type love that God has for each and every person in this world. I remember growing up, I'm a Hispanic young man and I jokingly say I'm a coconut. I'm brown on the outside, white on the, uh, white on the, brown on the outside and white on the inside to get it right here. I can really talk this morning, I promise. Uh, because I can't speak Spanish, you know. People will come up to me and they'll talk Spanish to me and I have no idea. I have no idea. So I'm a coconut. I apologize for that, but... Anyways, growing up in a Hispanic family, every culture is so different and so unique. But I remember as a kid, um, we have a lot of family that's up north in Santa Fe and all the surrounding areas. And, and on occasion, we got to take a little road trip from Albuquerque to Santa Fe and visit some of our first cousins and second cousins. But I remember very distinctly that we would go to a couple of, of families' homes and we never came invited. We always came unannounced. It was kind of a random thing. My dad would just say, hey, you know what, let's, let's get in the car and let's go just all randomly never planned out just real just sporadic there and so we'd go and we'd go to Santa Fe and it usually was on a Sunday afternoon and uh well, there was a couple of families that we'd target each time. And, and one family uh, specifically, um, we would show up at their house and we'd just start knocking on the door, you know. And uh, it always took them a few minutes to answer the door because usually they were taking a Sunday afternoon siesta, you know, taking a nap. And uh, they'd open the door. And I just, I totally remember that this lady, my mom's first cousin, immediately when she opened the door, she would be like, welcome, entra, entra, come in, come in. So good to see you. We're so excited that you're here. I mean, it was just this warm, loving welcome. Sometimes she'd even be in her PJs, you know. The husband would be on the recliner watching football. But she was always so welcoming, always so inviting. And even to the degree that no matter what was going on, whether they had already eaten, they always prepared food for us. She always said, let's eat together. And you never said no. My parents raised me and and taught me that in the Hispanic culture that you never said no say no when they bring out the food. You always eat. Whether you like it or not, you always eat. And I'll tell you, there's some interesting traditional dishes in the Hispanic culture, you know, if you know what I mean, the tongue of the cow and the eyeballs and stuff that you kind of as a kid go like, whoa, what's going on here? But the heart of that and the, and the root of that really is the love 
that is being offered. Don't you think? I mean, when, when you get into someone's home and, and they welcome you and they, and they do things for you, whether you're invited or, or you just kind of show up, you, you kind of feel that love and that, that family aspect. And, and I believe that, that God created us with that kind of same structure, that God created the family, the unit of a family to, to model what he envisioned for family, for his children, for the people that have a faith and a hope and a belief and a trust in Jesus Christ. As brothers and sisters of faith, not necessarily blood relation, but brothers and sisters of faith, God's children. And so this morning, we're going to look at this passage. And I, I want to do something a little different. Usually I give you a few points and then we talk about it. This morning, I, I've given you a few questions and I, I want to ask these questions. And, and I, I really want every one of us this morning to take this personal. I, I really want us to really think about these questions and, and go away from here and just kind of chew on them a little bit. And think about what the family dynamic looks like in our culture today. And, and the areas where, where we've kind of lost sight of the things that, that God values within the family. And then look at, that, at God's family and, and what God has created for us as, as a family, as a, as a unit, as the body of Christ, children of God. And let's seek to discover and seek to grow in how we value the things that God values. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning and we ask that, uh, Lord, that you give us a heart after your own. Lord, that we would read your words here this morning and that we would talk and dialogue and that, Lord, that we would question, that, that we would ask you these questions to discover and to have a better understanding of the things that you value, Lord. Because we know already that, that you've placed a high value on us, that you've sought after us, that you have just, just loved us in so many ways. Lord, you've shown us how important we are to you. And this morning, as, as we open up your word, Father, I pray that by the power of your spirit that you would speak to us this morning, that you would touch our hearts, that you would fill us and indwell us, allow us to hear your voice. Lord, we thank you for the love that you've given us and the grace that you've shown us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to understand the things that you value. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen, right? Well, in 1 John chapter 3, I just want to look at the first few verses here. There's a whole lot. John's telling us in, in this message to the church, he's telling us a whole lot about living in righteousness and what God's love, and he even goes as far as saying that, that God is love, and he gives us this wonderful descriptive. And then in 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3, he says, see what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure." 
See, when I read that, and as I was studying that this week, there's just a whole lot of, of questions that kind of came to my mind. And the first thing that I, I want to just kind of ask is, well, what have we been given? What, what, what is he talking about when he says that we have give, been given something? See, in verse 1, he says, see what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. See, we see here, first and foremost, that God has given us this unconditional love. You know, it, it's a parent kind of a love. It's this unconditional love that says, you know what, regardless of your imperfections, regardless of the things that you've done or that you will do, God says, I, I love you. And he's given it to us. He, he calls us his children. He gives us the privilege to, to be able to call him Father. You know, I have two kids and, and uh, when they call me daddy, it, it, it just, you know, I, I just can't explain. I can't put it into words, the, the, the joy that I get, the, the experience of knowing that these are my children. And I'll tell you, because I know firsthand, my, my kids are not perfect. <laughs> they've got a lot of flaws. And most of the flaws that they have are my flaws too, because, you know, they don't do what we say, they do what we do, Right. But I tell you, the love that I have for my kids, I can't express with just a few words. You know, and that's the kind of love that he's saying here when he's telling us it's this kind of love that the Father has given. And out of that love comes so much. There's so much that comes within that love. There's this peace. There's this joy. There's a freedom in this love. There's forgiveness. In this love, there is life. There is heaven. There is eternity. There is a family. There is a group of people. Many children that God loves. And so much more. See, we can be confident as, as followers of Jesus Christ that we are children of God. And that he loves us unconditionally. And yes, we will make mistakes. We will stumble and fall. You know, me as a child with my parents, I made a lot of mistakes. My children, as my children, have made a lot of mistakes. But you know what? It never changes the love. It never does. And I hope you guys see that. See, you have been given so much. When you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God gives you so much. He invites you into his family. This love that he offers us, it's ours if we want it. See, that's a, that's a key variable. The question that we have to ask ourselves alongside this, are we willing to accept what God wants to give us? Are we willing to receive this love that he's offering us? See, he's reminding us here, again, how important we are to God that he would call us his children. See, God is inviting us to be a part of his family. He's telling us and showing us, hey, this is what is important to me. All of my children, all of my family, this is what is important to me. And because of that, it should also be important to us. See, we should look upon each other and we should see Jesus. We should look upon each other and say, that is a child of God. 
And because God loves him so deeply, because God loves her so deeply, I'm going to love in the same way. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 11, 12 says that Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Then in verse 12 it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Listen to what he's saying here. Did you, did you hear it? He says, to all those that did receive this great gift, this great love, what has been given to us by the Father who believed in Jesus' name, he is given the right. He is given the right to be children of God. I, I don't know about you guys, but that, that leaves me in awe. Because I know my own heart. You know, you, you guys know who the biggest sinner is in this world? It's you. <laughs> See, I'm the biggest sinner that I know because only I know my heart. See, Jesus knows my heart. I can look on other people's sin and say, yeah, that's sinful or that's bad or that's wrong. But the reality is I am the biggest sinner that I know. And you are the biggest sinner that you know. Because truly, only you know your heart. Only God knows your heart. I don't, I don't know your heart. So when you think about what he is giving us here, in the sense that he tells us that if we just believe in his name, that he invites us into this family, we gain a, a little bit more of an understanding of the hope and the love and the faith that Jesus offers us through this right here. See, this right here is just a symbol. We, we hang it on our wall as a reminder of what has been done. See, Jesus Christ, he came and he came to this earth and he lived a life to help us understand the life that we should live, how important we are to God. All of mankind, all of creation. Jesus says, I love you. The Bible teaches us that, that God desires that all mankind be saved. See, so when we look upon the cross, we see what we have been given. See, because Jesus died on that cross. But not only did he die, he was resurrected. See, and all of that that Jesus did, all of that God experienced through his son, Jesus Christ, all that he has given us, we too have those same rights. See, because we are called children of God. See, it is those that have put their trust in God. That is our true family. We are the family of God and we should show a high value for one another. We should love each other. See, it's the significance of understanding the cross. See, we've been adopted into this righteousness of a, a loving father that, that loves you, loves me so unconditionally, so amazingly that, that we could never even understand or grasp the depths of this love. But the truth of the matter is that he loves us and he loves each and every one of us.
I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. It's a great reminder for us as a family. In verses 19 and 20 it says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And listen to this, verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Built on the foundation of all those great saints that have come before us through faith, with Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. Where we build from. I don't know about you, but sometimes I lose sight of really understanding and and knowing the best thing that we've been given in this life outside of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we we think that, you know, if we get a new car or a new house or or new clothes or new whatever, that that's the best thing in this life. You know, I just, I feel so good right now because I got something. But really, the best thing that we've been given in this life outside of Jesus Christ is each other. Don't you think? Really, it's each other. I, I don't know how many troubles or trials or struggles you guys have been through in your life, but I tell you what, my wife and I have been through our share. We, we've, we've gone through loss of life. We've gone through um, a miscarriage. Uh, we, we've had some turmoil in our lives. We, we've had a lot of things go on in our lives. We've been married for 27 years. And we've experienced life together. But I tell you, the the one factor, outside of Jesus, of course, because he's been the difference, is God's family. Because every time we go through those tough moments, God reminds us that we don't have to go through those alone, that we have a family, a group of people that will love us, will encourage us, will pray for us, will walk with us. You know, even this morning, I'll tell you, and I'm going to try not to embarrass him, but I had someone pull me aside this morning, wrap his arms, his arms around me, and pray over me. I tell you what that meant to me, words can't describe. See, that's family. That's putting a high value on God's children. That's saying, I love these people because God loves them. See, and God has given us family and God wants us to give back. We should love and be generous and do everything we can to help family. You know, the Bible teaches us so many things about caring for one another, so many one another elements in the aspect of scripture, but it also always highlights the aspect of doing for God's family, doing for God's children. You know, Acts 2 talks a lot about the church, right? And it says that they, they gather together in community. They meet from house to house and daily in the temple. They come together and they sacrifice all that they have so that everyone might have a need. And they're not just talking about stuff. They're talking about giving every resource, every opportunity that they can to help one another. But if, if we don't place that kind of a value on each other, and you know what? The, the world will never know God. It will never know us 
as believers. It will never understand what God is doing through us and in us. See, the world doesn't truly understand this meaning of family that we're talking about this morning because they haven't taken the time to get to know God. And the question that I have for us this morning as a church is, are we taking the time to get to know God? Are we, are we seeking after God's own heart? Are, are we loving each other as God's children, as God's family, the way we should be? You know, it's interesting. Most of the turmoil that goes on within the church has nothing to do with fights or or a defense against what's going on in the world around us. Most of the time it happens because of the tension that goes on between people that are within the church. And sadly enough, we, we don't seek to discover who God is and what God desires for our family. So we don't understand how to resolve that conflict, how to wrestle through those tough moments. How many of you guys grew up with siblings? A lot of us, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, conflicts, right? <laughs> but you know what? what? What's great about that is that we always walked away from there loving each other. And we would, we would defend each other at, at no cost. You know, I was a little guy. My brother was about five years older than me. And he would always defend me. You know, I, I would pick fights with the bigger kids because I knew I had a big brother. <laughs> yeah. He would beat me up often. Don't, don't get me wrong. He was always beating up on me. But I tell you what, when it came down to it, he never let anybody touch me. And neither did my sisters too, by the way. They're, they're just as tough. In fact, they were tougher than him. He won't tell you that, but I will. <laughs> See, that's what we should do for each other. Instead of fighting with each other, we should fight for each other. See, that's what God desires for his family. That's, that's what God has given us. Each other, a family brothers and sisters, to do life together. So we know that we've been given. So what's the big deal? Well, the deal lies in the next question, in our second verse. The question is, what will become of us? In verse 2, it says, beloved. And I love that word. Whenever the Bible uses the word beloved, it's just such a, a term of endearment. It's this expression of, of that we are so loved by God. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But, what we, know, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. As he is. See, we know that, that we are his if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And in faith, we move toward discovering our true identity, who we really are, a vision of how God sees us. And until we meet Jesus in that final moment, till he comes back or we go to meet him, we won't always have that true picture, but God will help us to discover as we move towards all the things that he has for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it like this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed and the new has come. The moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you enter into the family of God and your life changes. I like to use the word changed lives, changed lives. Because it's true, because God will never leave us where we're at. He'll never leave us where we think we need to be. 
God is always working in us and he's, he's shaping us and changing us into who he needs us to be. And sometimes we experience growing pains and sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's a struggle. But God will change us. See, we'll become some very specific things and here's what we'll become as children of God. And I put these passages in there for you to go back and look at in your notes there. But one of the things that you will become as you draw closer to God is that you will become holy as he is holy because he is holy. I love this passage in Ezekiel 36. I pray this for myself. I pray this for my family. I pray this passage for you guys as a church. Simply says, God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. See, beloved, we are now God's children and God wants to change us. You will become one with Christ. John 17, and 23 says, the glory that you have given me, Jesus is saying this, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly, listen to that, perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me what you will become. You will live because of eternity. And this is, this is something that we have to keep in mind because when you think about it, we, we don't live for today. We, we live for eternity. As believers in Jesus Christ, we live with a hope of a home. You know, we are sojourners here in this world and we, we live with the hope of eternity. Remember, it's the cross. It's the death, burial, and resurrection what we have been given. 1 John reminds us of that in five, chapter 5, verse 13. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So we live for eternity. We wake up every morning with the hope of eternity. See, these are the things that, that we become. So this answers the question for us, what will we become? God will, will sanctify us. He'll begin to change us into who he needs us to be. And when we enter into eternity, we'll see Jesus and we'll become even more like Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? See, there's no question that God wants to change us. He wants to change our hearts, the way we think, the way we do life. Every person that he's created, he loves. Every person that sits next to you, that does life with you, God loves. He has placed a high value on family. Well, that brings us to our last question here. What does a godly family look like? And in verse 3, it's very simply said, he says, everyone, everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. 
See, this verse answers this question. It tells us three things. It says, one, God's family loves Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, then you should seek to love Jesus. You should love Jesus with all your heart, your mind, your soul, all that you are. You should seek to grow in that love for Jesus. God's family is spirit-led. We allow God's spirit to control us, to lead us, to guide us. We seek to discover the things and the fruit of God's spirit for our lives and we apply it, we live it, and we walk in step with God's spirit. That's what God's family looks like. And the, probably one of the most important things is that God's family loves one another. That, that's what a godly family looks like. They, they love Jesus. They, they allow God's spirit to guide them. And they love one another. See, loving Jesus is, is, is the most important thing that we can do for one another. See, I will love you better if I love Jesus more. You will love me better when you love Jesus more. It's understanding the heart of God. See, and we have to realize that, that we, by ourselves, on our own accord, aren't strong enough to do this alone. And that's why we are dependent on God's spirit. See, we don't control God's spirit. I cannot give you God's spirit. There's one that gives God's spirit, and that is Jesus Christ. And at the moment of salvation, every believer is indwelled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We all have access to the Holy Spirit, and it's a surrender. It's not a control. It's us giving over and saying, Father God, by the power of your spirit, I'm going to allow you to control my life, to guide me, to shape me, and to lead me in every area in the way you need to shape me. Not in who I think I am or who I think I should be. See, when we, we walk by the spirit, when we walk in the spirit, we bear the fruit of the spirit. When we walk in the flesh, when we walk by the flesh, we bear the fruit of the flesh. Romans 18, 8, excuse me, 8, 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. See, there's the evidence of a child of God, someone that's led by God. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to be led by God's Spirit? Are you ready to, to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to believe, put your trust in Him, and allow God's Spirit to lead you? Because if you've done that, or if you're ready to do that, there's no question that you will place a high value on God's family. You will begin to understand the importance of God's family how important we are not only to God, but how important we are to one another. See, we, we gather together on Sunday mornings and throughout the week to ensure that, that we encourage each other, that we love one another, that we help to meet each other's needs, that we, we point each other to Jesus, and we give all, all the glory to our God and Father. 
I want to end it with just this passage that he says in 1 John here. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Again, that term, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. See, God created the family to love the family. God created us to love us. And we should, if we are God's children, we should love one another. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your love for us, the grace that you've given us, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, we, we want to value the things that you value. We want to play, place a high importance on the things that are important to you. Lord, this morning we, we bow before you and we ask that you would forgive us for anything that, that we've done against you in disobedience. Lord, that you would wash us and, and cleanse us from our unrighteousness, Father, and that you would change our hearts, that you would give us a heart of flesh, Father, that you would give us a new spirit. Father, that you would fill us with your spirit, Lord, so that we could walk with you, so that we could live for you, so that we can love like you. Lord, I just pray that, that as we go from here today, that our lives would be a reflection of, of your children, of the things that you desire for us, the things that you've offered us and given to us, Father. Lord, as, as we wrestle through all these questions that we have as we read your word and we discover the things that you have for us, Father, that we would be reminded throughout the week that we belong to you, Father, that we are your children. And you've given us this love and this grace through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, and that we would rest in that, that we would live for that. Lord, that we would die for that. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you are in our lives, for all that you are doing. Lord, I, I pray your blessing upon this family. I pray that you would continue to guide us and help us to, to understand the things that you have for us, Father. You've set the path before us, Father, and we know that, that we find our greatest joys, our greatest pleasures in your presence, Father. And so, Father, from this day forward, may we gather together to seek your presence, to gain an understanding and insight to the things that you have for us, Father, and that we would be willing to give, give all that we have, all for your glory and for our joy. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., for directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.